1: What up my people KJ podcast Wednesday night edition San Francisco 49ers analysis week four LA Chargers listen this team is not making the playoffs Jimmy Garoppolo's out for the season but 2018 still matters matters for the defense and matters for Kyle as a head coach Matters for a lot of young players on this football team. Wins could be scarce. I think the Niners become a punchline on Twitter. They have five primetime games. They're probably going to lose a handful of those. That building, there's a lot of emotions right now. I think Kyle will get his senses together and rally these guys more than people are giving him credit for. This is the biggest challenge of Kyle Shanahan's career. He had a Roadmap laid out how he was going to develop Jimmy Garoppolo as a quarterback. Now he's got to prop C.J. Beathard up. He's got to keep guys motivated. We'll dive all into that. Really, really pumped to announce Blue Wire has added Light Years and Chase Down to the podcast network. Light Years. I think these guys, Andy and Sam Esfandari, are two of the funniest guys on Twitter I know there's reporters in the media room who have Twitter notifications on. They want to know what these guys are talking about. I think they built an awesome brand with light years, and we're super pumped to be affiliated with them. If you're a Warriors fan, you will enjoy their podcast. It's a lot more analysis of personalities and storylines. I I love their commentary. They do get deep into the X's and O's. They cover it all. And Chase Down, their buddies from Cleveland... Justin Rowan, Carter Rodriguez. So we're officially up and running in Cleveland. We're adding Browns and Indians podcasters soon. Market by market, Blue Wire. Listen to us, guys. <laughs> Check this stuff out. You know, throw an additional 30 minutes into your podcast this week. Check out Ted Wynn, Coffeehouse Stunt, Ray Woods, and Triple Alley Report. I know you come here for San Francisco 49ers analysis, but I'm going to keep you up to date with Blue Wire uh, Check it out, BlueWirePods.com. Yeah, I mentioned it. This is going to be Kyle's biggest challenge as an NFL head coach. 2011, he was O coordinator in Washington. That was a John Beck year, a Rex Grossman year. Anthony Armstrong led the team in receiving. They had literally nobody. Next year was RG3 and all that. In 2013, Kyle, he had a 3 and 13 year. His dad got fired. He got fired. He wasn't sure if he was going to coach in 2014 before the Browns hired him. Then he had some good times in Atlanta, obviously. Last year was his first year as a head coach. I just think because of expectations and where he wants to be year two, this is now his biggest challenge yet. He's 38. He'll turn 39 in December. Scheming up C.J. Beathard and making this offense go... To score enough points when you don't have that good of a defense. It's just an impossible scenario that Kyle Shanahan's in here. I do think they go ground heavy. Try and control the clock. 12-13 play drives. Lots of bubble screens and trying to get Richie James involved. Trying to get Kendrick Bourne more involved. This is going to be used as a time period to develop younger players. Kyle was asked Wednesday... Hey, are you guys going to make a trade for a quarterback? He really shut that down pretty emphatically. Now, if C.J. Beathard got hurt, they might have to. Doesn't sound like they're dying to pick up Tom Savage, T.J. Yates, Landry Jones, E.J. Manuel. None of these guys. I mean, these guys are all sitting at home training, waiting for this type of call. No one got offered a contract. It's a tough spot to be in. I knew that the Tyrod trade, there's no way the Browns were going to give him up. And Kyle doesn't want to give up a 4th or a 5th round pick for Tyrod to go 6-10, and 7-9. He'd rather try and do that with C.J. Beathard. And that's the bigger discussion here, guys. Posted it on Twitter. Half the 49ers fan base wants to go 3-13. and 13. Half the 49ers fan base wants to try and win games, go 7-9. and nine. And it's a big philosophical debate. Obviously, the 49ers are not going to openly tank, but they're not going out of their way to try and solve this thing and get wins to sacrifice the future. They realize this season is what it is. We try. We got to make the best out of it. Here's my argument why I think it's good for the 49ers to go 7-9. and nine. Yes, they need another blue chip prospect. Yes, like... These wins are empty calories. Like they're not getting you to the playoffs. What is the big point? It's either go to the playoffs or suck. There is more of an in between in the NFL. You do need to win some games. Remember winning the games in December last year? The kind of position it puts you in to get free agents, to have hype, to have everyone bought in the building because people think it's going the right direction. Winning is cohesion. Everyone is on the same page. Like the issues don't seem as bad. Oh, they allowed that amount of passing, but they still won the game. They're winning. The defense will not be under so much fire. Robert Sala might need this team to win. I don't think his job is up in the air, but this scheme, clearly the 49ers don't have the personnel to play this scheme. They don't have Seattle or Jacksonville type of pieces, two lockdown corners, ferocious pass rush, linebackers galloping everywhere. They have that part. They have Fred Warner, And Ruben Foster, the missed tackles. I mean, it's not just a a talent thing here. It's the techniques are not working that well. You shouldn't be this bad at tackling. You shouldn't be leading the league in tackling with a young defense that you spent a lot of draft picks on. So I don't. I don't think they'd fire Robert Sala unless just the top was blown off this thing and it was just it got to Jim O'Neill levels of bad from 2016. I don't think it's going to get there. But there could be discussions about whether to change a scheme, whether they really need to go all in on defense in the draft and not even take best player available. Like Literally, they they need their first three picks to be on defense. You need pieces in this scheme. It just puts too much pressure. There's one-on-one coverage everywhere for everyone. When you put the safety in the box like that, teams will throw on you. There's one safety deep. Teams are figuring this out. Uh, most offenses have three good receivers they are going to attack you. K1 Williams is on the field all the time. He's had a rough start to the year. Think of how bad it's going to be this week with no Richard Sherman, with Jimmy Ward and Akilah Witherspoon both on the field. They've been trying to hide one of those two guys all year because they've been getting picked on. The hype with Witherspoon is out of control. Hopefully he figures it out. I don't think that he's a bust or anything, but this start of the season for him has been alarming. Because a lot of people penciled him in as a big piece for this team moving forward, when in reality, he could be a third-round pick that was just kind of a miss. I think it's leaning more that way than this guy's going to be a bona fide starter, because if he continues to get burnt, as soon as Tavarius Moore is ready to go, Moore is playing this year. I think either Jimmy Ward or Akilah Witherspoon, whoever's struggling more, is getting pushed out the field, and Tavarius Moore is getting a look. That's why this season matters here. And the thing is with Moore, as we've seen with Witherspoon, who came on his rookie year, and Rashard Robinson, who came on his rookie year, there's been a little bit of a pattern here. So Moore comes on, there could be sophomore slumps too. It's really hard to develop corners. We're not going to talk draft, but Greedy Williams, LSU, he's the top cornerback prospect, that's going to be in play. D-line for the fourth time in five years? 2015, Armstead. 2016, Buckner. 2017, Solomon Thomas. And 2019, Bosa. It's not going to be Ed Oliver. He's probably going one overall. And they have Defoe in the middle. It could be D-Lyman. I mean, you're just looking at this defense being like, there's no firepower here. They have seven sacks on the year. It's like... Below average, but not worse. It's the Raiders are, are dead last in sacks. Niners are 30th in stopping third downs. They're actually tied for ninth, 5.4 yards per play. I thought the Minnesota game might have been their best game all season. They kind of let Stafford really run crazy in that fourth quarter. Pat Mahone's cut off everyone's head. Yeah, defense, there's bright individual pieces. Buckner, Foster... Warner that does not equal a whole unit playing well together in a scheme that is meant for pro bowlers at every position. It's like the forty ers have on like a fake tuxedo right now. Like you can tell, like it's just not a nice one. It's it it's not what it's supposed to look like. Let's go back to this seven and nine scenario that I presented that I think Kyle obviously wants to have happen. I think half the fans wanna have happen. You get extra buy-in. You you feel really good about yourself if you overachieve without Jimmy G. And then you walk into next season being like, damn, we won some games without our franchise quarterback. Adrian Colbert really turned it on in the middle of the year. Deflected a couple passes, saved a couple plays. Tart really made a difference, made a winning play, a pick six. If the 49ers overachieved, there would be that same level of expectations Jimmy G is going to walk back in. This team actually was pushed against a corner, wiggled its way out and had a damn good 2018. And I think that's the message Kyle's even saying. Because if you go on a week to week thing here, if you do a Chip Kelly, if you do a Jim Tom Suler get up at the podium and say, "Yeah, you know, we're just taking it this week. It's just the Chargers." You can't do that. With young millennials here, you have to show them the end game. Hey, there's going to be struggles. We are going to lose a couple games. So let's be honest about it. But you know, we win a couple. We win a lot more than people think we do. All of a sudden, there will be respect. All of a sudden, all right, who cares about the draft pick? This team actually isn't that bad. All of it is going to depend on C.J. Bethard, though. I don't know how Kyle exactly props up Bethard. Remember, C.J. didn't have the run game last year. We don't know how that run game is actually going to look now that Jimmy Garoppolo's out and teams can stack the box. And Beathard doesn't have the greatest arm, so you can get away with just having one safety. Exactly how the 49ers play. Other teams can play the 49ers scheme against them, and then the 49ers don't have the defensive talent to play that against Matt Stafford, Mahomes, Rivers, Rodgers. It's crazy. I don't think the world's over, though. I do think it's going to be hard to develop Trent Taylor this year. Dante Pettis... The type of development they would have gotten with Jimmy Garoppolo, I think it takes a little bit of a hit, and that's what sucks. That's the hard part here. Beathard, he can scramble a little bit, but I I think he's slow coming out of play action. The whole play kind of slows down, and not in a good way for the offense. Like You want to be quick and in a rhythm. And C.J. Beathard is just more this methodical throw-to-the-spot passer. His processing speed has to improve. I don't know how that's gonna happen without struggles. He's just not gonna walk in and deliver. Some of my Twitter followers are out of control, saying ten and six, 7, nine and seven is still in play. No chance. I love CJ Beathard. He's tough as shit. Like I have nothing against him. I I always tweet positive things. I think he's a good backup. Kyle picked him early, third round pick. If he doesn't pan out, it's gonna be a bad look for Kyle. That draft will include Joe Williams. That draft will include Solomon Thomas, Akilah Weatherspoon. That draft, all of a sudden, is under the microscope. They're getting a ton of playing time earlier in, in their career, whereas a lot of young guys can go and develop places like Pittsburgh, Green Bay, the draft and develop places that normally you can throw a guy out there year three and he's a lot better having played sparingly, instead of these starting roles. But, I mean, it is what it is here. The rebuild's going on. The 2017 class doesn't look like a slam dunk class. Lots still to play out. Colbert was one of your best players. He's got to turn it on. Salma Thomas, at least his snap count went up against the Chiefs. He flashed in the backfield a couple times. Trying to look for positives here, guys. I'm searching a little bit, but... Um. Listen, Marquise Goodwin can run a deep post route. C.J. Bether can hit him. <clears throat> There's certain play calls Kyle's going to have in his back pocket. The use check touchdown last week. Kyle's good for a touchdown a week based on his scheme alone. There won't even have to be execution. It'll literally just be, all right, we fooled them enough. We're going to peel back a tight end on the other side of the defense. Um, it's kind of depressing to go over the 3-13 and scenario, but I... Do think we should go over it because there is a medium chance that this happens that Bethard comes out, falls flat on his face, McGlinchey is overwhelmed. You know, Bethard has a game where he sacks six times, where the Niners don't have one hundred and fifteen yards passing. Brita and Alfred Morris are getting stuffed. Listen, the O line shouldn't be that bad. Weston Richburg was expensive. Joe Staley's a Pro Bowler. Lakin Tomlinson, they extended him. They made the trade and were like, yo, we like you. You're our guy. Keep saying this about the O-line. These have been all their picks. Staley, they're lucky to have him. And then right guard, they're working with Mike Person over Garnett. Who knows how that situation will pan out. But O-line should be better for CJ Beathard. Running back situation is better than Carlos Hyde. Kittle's healthy at the moment. We'll see about Garcon. It would be just huge for this offense if Dante Pettis was like, you know what, Jimmy G's out. I'm the spark. I'm the guy. Get me the football. And Kyle was just like, screw it. We need him on the field. He sacrifices a lot of snaps for Garcon. Sacrifices some snaps for Trent Taylor. Maybe a few here and there for Goodwin. I think that's really the only way that that C.J. Beathard has some type of success. Or, Or Goodwin... Replication of December, but just that was Jimmy G hitting him early and accurate and often I just don't think C.J. Beathard's early, accurate, and often So if he's struggling so badly, the 3-13 and scenario You're talking about playing Tom Savage T.J. Yates I don't think you can rule out Nick Mullins taking some snaps Maybe he won't start a game, but if Beathard's hurt He's just been beat to crap back there what I'm saying is, it could get so ugly at three and thirteen, where the Forty ers are a joke, on prime time. Egos are hurt, players' development gets stunted. You know, Witherspoon loses all of his confidence, and he's no longer—he's he, Jimmy Ward in a couple of years. He's essentially on the roster, but they don't care. Be careful what you wish for with three and thirteen. I'm gonna podcast about this team every week, regardless, but. There could be an ugly version of three and thirteen four and twelve where all of a sudden John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are not in great standing. It'll be understood because of the Jimmy G thing, but I don't know. there's other teams with backup quarterbacks a la Nick foles, a la now Tyrod Taylor in Cleveland. This could have been a talent misevaluation from Kyle on c j. Bethard. We'll see. The 49ers are hoping he's the man and they can maybe flip him in a year or two. I really think it's going to be in the middle. It's not going to be 7-9. and nine. It's not going to be 3-13. and 13. It's going to be 5-11. and 11. couple games, C.J. Beathard looks good. Most of the time, he looks pretty bad. Half of you who are rooting for losing are about to have four months of just not good football to enjoy on Sundays. Just joyless absolutely joyless the mood on twitter gets all uh, people are whining we're so fucking used to this this team started 0-9 last year chip kelly went on what a 13 game losing streak tom sula before that i wasn't here but i was with the browns when johnny beat the niners 2014 was hardballs last year good god this franchise has been a little bit tortured this decade since that Super Bowl loss, my God. But I believe in Kyle. I'm Kyle's biggest fan, probably. I mostly believe in John Lynch. I think he's got to really prove it this next offseason. He's done a damn good job with the culture. Without him, Kyle would have established a culture, but John Lynch handles the culture. He makes sure everything is buttoned up and correct his messaging is on point. He handles everything really well. I would have loved to ask him more questions. I would have loved to have got to know him. Let's talk about the Chargers just a little bit. They're favored by 11.5. Second in yards per play, 6.9 yards. They have 15 plays of 20 yards or more. That's tied for fourth. 27.3 points per game. That's in the top 10. Rivers looks like himself. Been no drop off. The Chargers haven't won, but he's been a better player his second half of his career than Eli Manning has. There's kind of no question about that. They're super dangerous. Melvin Gordon in the screen game, you can bank on that. Keenan Allen. Mike Williams has three touchdowns on the year. Joey Bosa will be out, so they'll get a little bit of a break there. Their defense is whatever, but Derwin James... Already flying around, had a great interception last week. He was definitely someone that I wanted over Mike McGlinchey. I was one of the few who was okay with Colbert or Tart kind of battling it out there, and one of them being the depth pieces, and taking a Derwin James because he he feels like a game changer back there. He feels more like the Earl Thomas that you need to invest, you know, a big asset on the most important position of the field. I'm not writing Colbert off at all. He, did, he was a revelation. He had a couple turnovers, a couple big hits. His instincts seemed good. He hasn't popped off the tape at all. He, he's a step late. He's got to cover a shit ton of ground. Like I said, I'd be shading more on that side of the field when Richard Sherman comes back. Whatever weak spot is there, I'd have Colbert really helping out. That's a scheme thing here. Their scheme is just flawed defensively. I think it's a tough week for the Niners. I I think they come out and score early, but then the Chargers just start going. Let's say something like 34-16. to I think it's going to be like an 18-point loss. It's going to be quite discouraging. It's not going to be the amazing season we all anticipated, but I think as we kind of laid out, this season matters. 2018, we're going to find out Kyle is a head coach. Could he squeeze the most out of this orange? Could he even sit in some defensive meeting rooms and figure out what's going wrong? Is that a storyline that could happen in the second half of the season? Defense, this scheme, I don't know. I don't know if Seattle's scheme works with non-Pro Bowl guys. So far, it looks suspect. Ruben Foster, Fred Warner, they've got to provide a lift. I mean, God help Akilah Weatherspoon and Jimmy Ward this week. It's going to be tough. They're both not top 40 corners in the league. If not, I don't think they're in the top 50, either of those two. At a certain point, you've got to call this team out for not evaluating defensive personnel like they should. They inherited DeForest Buckner from Trent Balkie. Let's remember that. That was not a John Lynch pick. At the end of the day, this team still has Kyle Shanahan. This team still has Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, locked up long term or an out after year 2 if just everything's gone amiss and they have to start over. Crazy to think that that would ever be in play. Year 2 of the regime rebuild is fully on. I mean, this team is not a playoff contender. This this is a rebuilding football team. Shout out to Jimmy G, get better. Glad to see him rehabbing with Jet McKinnon. Still a tight knit team. This is still a fun team. A lot of good personalities. We'll see who steps up a receiver. I think that's a huge storyline. Is it Goodwin? Is it Garcon? Can he? Or, I mean, he, there's just a lot of mileage on him. He doesn't look as explosive. I got to call it how I see it, Pierre. Um, this guy has been Kyle Shanahan, probably one of the favorite guys he's ever coached. So I think they're going to ride with him. But they might have to figure out Pettis. This offense needs Pettis to explode on the scene. And I think there's a chance the Niners win a couple games, shock a couple people. Kyle gets the team to buy in. His hardest coaching job yet, C.J. Bathard, everyone's down, people are already looking to next season, can Kyle Shanahan shock everyone, get this team to 6-10, and 7-9, positive momentum into the offseason saying they overachieved, I think he's looking at himself in the mirror every day and saying I have to, I'm the CEO, I'm the leader of this team everyone's looking at me to set the tone, I'm not going to underestimate Kyle, I'm not going to automatically call this 3-13, and 13. some of you guys are, the defense is not very good the, the offense is not very good the coaching staff is really good. We'll see how it plays out. KJ Podcast, BlueWirePods.com. We have five podcasts total. Two NBA, two NFL, one MOB right now. All right, my people. KJ Podcast. We'll talk to you again Sunday night after the Chargers game. Peace.